The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. All right, well, good. I'm glad you're here, too. If you would, turn to John chapter 10. We're going to be in John chapter 10, and then we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 12. But we're going to start in John chapter 10, and we're going to continue our... Uh, our 12 steps to living an abundant life. And uh, today I want to share with you the next secret for that abundant life, which is no secret, but uh, we, we've been calling it a secret. But in John chapter 10, I'm kind of going to remind you, we look at this scripture each week. We're going to close with this scripture again. But starting in verse 7, John chapter 10, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And of course, we're considered the sheep, and Christ was a good shepherd, and I am the gate for the sheep. And all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And I am the gate, and who enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly or more abundantly. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, so when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, and the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now that's Jesus' word for us. That's what he had to say to us about uh, who he is. And he talks about the thief and he's talking about Satan and he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy all that God wants to do. And Jesus says, but I'm the good shepherd and you're my sheep and I care about my sheep and I want my sheep to have abundant life. And and some of us uh, have livestock and we, we care for our livestock and we feed them and we make sure they have water and we provide for them even bad weather, cold weather, and that's just for livestock. And Christ is saying, I care for you so much that I'd lay down my life for you. And I did lay down my life for you. And the key phrase of this is, I've come that you'd have an abundant life, that you'd have a full life. And that's God's desire for us. And that word abundantly, periosis, that's in the Greek, it means both two things. It means it means super abundant in quantity, Okay, in quantity, but also it means superior in quality. So when, when Christ used that word, what they would hear was this, I want you to have a superabundant life in quantity, but also superior in quality. And Christ wants us to have a quality life. And this morning we're going to talk about redefining abundance. That's going to be step number eight, redefining abundance. And uh, I heard a story one time about a a man who was out on the pier fishing and uh, he was having a lot of success and a businessman came by and y'all may have remembered this, I think I've told you, but a a businessman came and he looked and he said, man, you, you've caught a lot of fish. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. He goes, well, why don't, you, uh, why don't you start a business? And the guy said, well, why would I do that? He said, well, because you could, you could catch more fish and you could start selling them. And he said, well, why would I want to do that? And he said, well, you could, you could sell them and then you could buy boats. And, and then you could buy more boats and you could have a fleet and you could hire people. And, and uh 
and, and start making me say, well, why would you want to do that? Why would, I, why would I want to do that? And the man said, well, if, if you done that, then you could, you could build up your fleet and you could sell fish all over the world. And, and after you started doing that, you'd just be independently wealthy. And the man said, well, why would I want to do that? He said, because if you get to that point, you could sit back and enjoy life. And the man said, what do you think I'm doing? But, but sometimes that's what we think about in abundance. We, we lose focus on what abundance really is. So what does it mean to have a life abundant? And what did Jesus mean when he came, said he came that we would have life more abundantly? And if we think about how the world defines that, that term abundance, we kind of think of that businessman of, of doing more and getting more and fame and fortune. And, and uh, I remember reading a quote one time, I think, John D. Rockefeller, I think that's his name. Someone asked him, he, at one time, I think he was the richest man in the world, and they said, how much money does it take to make a man happy? You know what his answer was? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I heard a guy say, I think it was Curtis told me, you know, I, I, I heard someone say, I don't want to own all the land. I just want to own everything that joins my place. Well, think about that. You know, that, that's kind of how we define it sometimes. Just, just the land that joins me. That's all I want. I want, I want to have that abundance. And that, that, that ideal of the worldly definition of abundance, sadly, it's crept into the church. And let me tell you what I mean. Listen to some words off a, a popular website from a church. Uh, from a, a, a Christian claiming to be, and I'm not saying they're not Christian, but this came from a website from a church. You were made to be wealthy and rich before you ever came into existence. You've been predestined to prosper financially. That's off a website. Here's another one. You have every right to live wealthy and possess materials such as riches, clothes, jewelry, houses, cars, and money in all abundance. You have the right to own corporations. This is part of your destiny as a believer. The Bible says that wealth is stored up for the righteous. However, it's going to remain stored up until you claim it. Therefore, claim it now. You possess the blessings to seize and command wealth and riches, and they come to you like God. You can speak a spiritual blessing into existence. I mean, that's, that's what's being taught today. And the sad part of that is many have kind of turned the Lord God Almighty into a slot machine. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to name it. I'm going to claim it. And, and the problem with that is if we look around and say, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not wealthy with clothes and, and cars and mansions and I don't own all the land that joins mine and I don't have just a little bit more. Therefore, I must be failing spiritually somewhere. I mean, that could come up to your ideal of if I don't, if I don't have all these things, Jake's up there talking about life abundant and, and the world defines abundance this way and now churches are defining abundance this way. Spiritually, there must be something wrong with me. But that's not the case, and I want us to really think about part of this redefinition of abundance. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with possessions. There's nothing wrong with having any of those things, and I believe God blesses us with those things. But that can't be our only focus on what abundant life is. Remember that, that definition, superior in quality? And that's something I think we miss out sometimes. Everything in the world's crying out to us, hey, for abundance, for, for financial prosperity, those things are what we're after, those things we chase after. Movies, news, all kinds of shows, newspapers, magazines. The church is saying, hey, this is it. This is where abundance is found. 
And this morning, I want us to look at a couple of passages of Scripture in the Bible that really talks about redefining abundance. So what is real abundance? And if you would, turn over to Luke. I want you just to look at what Christ has to say. And again, I'll preface this by saying, I'm not, I don't think Jesus ever intended for us to be paupers and, and not to have anything. You look through Scripture, we find some of the wealthiest men ever. Solomon was one. King David. You, you begin to look. Luke was a doctor, and we're reading in Luke now. And I think God desires that we, we prosper in whatever we do. But, but that, that can't be our single focus. In, in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13, we find a parable of the rich fool. And this is Jesus talking, and he says there in 12, 13, Some in the crowds ahead said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide this right inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man who has appointed me judge, man who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you. Then he said to him, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now that's, that's a wise statement in it. Man's life doesn't exist or doesn't consist in the abundance of his possessions. I think there's a key right there. And then drop down and look at verse 13. Well, we just looked at 13. Look at, uh, 22. Jesus said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or what you'll wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. And drop down to 33. It says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide, uh, uh, provide purses for yourselves and that, that do not wear out, and treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. In both of those passages of scriptures, Jesus is talking about possessions. He's talking about what the world runs after. And he's talking about what, well, how the world defines abundance. And, and this morning as we think about this, Matthew 16, 26, and you don't have to turn there, turn there, but what is the, what is real abundance? And I want us to, I want us to list three things, including the, 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 the material things that God desires for us. Here's another angle on thinking about abundance. Abundance is a soul at peace. Do you ever just want peace? I mean, do you ever just want... Have you ever been to a event? We were kind of talking about this a while ago, uh, Colton, wherever you are, wherever you are. Uh, going to a... We went to a, a George, George Jones concert a few years ago. Yeah, I like George Jones. Amen. He was still alive then, but barely. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, well, we got there and we get set down and we're there waiting for the concert to start and, and some drunks come in and they sit right down from us and they're hooping and hollering and they're carrying on and, and a man from our community was also there. I won't give his name, but he sat down right in front of them. Bless his heart. <laughs> we had a sign seating, you know, and, and finally he had enough and he turned around and he said, would y'all be quiet? <laughs> I just want some peace and quiet. All we wanted to do was hear George's crackling voice try to struggle through the rest of his songs. You know, he had about lost it, but he was still good. Don't get me wrong. But, but you know, we get in crowds sometimes. We just want some peace and quiet. But I'm talking about more than that peace. I, I'm talking about sometimes in your life. Do you just want to be at peace? 
I mean, you have struggles, you have burdens, you have things going on around you, and, and you just need peace. You just need a comfort that comes from within. That's part of the life that Jesus offers. He, he offers an abundance of a soul at peace. For Matthew sixteen twenty six says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The, the devil says this, I'll offer you money and sex and influence and position and prosperity and, and all of these things, and, and you're not going to find true peace in those things. Remember when, when Christ was tempted in the desert and, and Satan took him up on the mountainside and he, he tempted Christ? Do you remember what he tempted him with? He, he told Christ this, I'll give you all this domain and all of its glory if you'll simply worship me. Satan said, I'll give you this world. I'll give you everything in this world. I'll give you all the blessings, all the material goods, all the things. If you'll simply bow down and worship me. See, that's Satan's desire. He wants us to bow down at the altar of of possessions and bow down at the altar of, of these worldly things. And here's what Christ's answer to him was. What, he says this, You shall worship the Lord your God and you shall serve Him only. That, that's, what, that's what Christ had to say as Satan came and, and, tump, and attempted him with, with the abundance of worldly things. But Christ had something even deeper. He had a soul that was at peace. Listen to Philippians 3.8. This is Paul. Paul had a lot of wisdom. He says, more than that, I count all things to be a loss in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord, for, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them all but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and that I may be found in him. See, Paul learned the secret of contentment. He learned what it really was to have an abundance life. Paul had a soul that was at peace. So when we think about redefining abundance, first that soul at peace. Here's the second thing. Abundance is contentment. And we, of course, know if you know about Paul over in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, he talks about contentment. Along with peace, isn't it nice just to be content sometime? I put some people on the spot sometime in here, and I don't ever intend to, but I'm going to put old Les on the spot a little bit, but I know it won't bother you. <laughs> you, you he's, y'all, I, I'm friends on Facebook with Les, and boy, he posts some stuff. No, he really don't, but, but uh, occasionally he'll put something on Facebook, and I guess there's a, you have a pool behind your house and a dock maybe or something, a tank, a pool. It's a pool or tank. <laughs> he has a tank behind his house. And uh, you're getting country if you're getting country with me, boy. I want to tell you that's not good. But he'll have a cup of coffee and his dog will be there or something. And he'll put enjoying the good life. So I don't know what he puts, but, but whatever. But, you know, isn't that peace and quiet? Yeah. Isn't that nice to have peace and contentment sometimes? I mean, just to be content, just, just to, to take a breath and say, you know what, uh, I may not have all the money and all the power and all the prestige, and, and, and I may not have all the things the world offers, but you know what, I'm content. I'm happy with what I have. Paul says, not that I, not, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content, whatever it is. I know how to live on almost nothing, but I know how to live with everything. 
I have learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or whether it's with an empty stomach, whether I have plenty or whether I have little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, contentment's not found in how much we have, but who has us. And when we realize that God has us and, and He's placed us where we are, and, and when we look around and realize, hey, I am truly blessed, And when we find that heart of contentment and we find that heart of peace, I think we understand what Christ meant when He said, I've come that you'd have abundant life. And we find that life abundance in peace and we find it in contentment. And here's the greatest one of all. I think abundance is found in being free to be me. Do you feel free to be you? Oh, Charlie Pride. I like Charlie Pride too. Today and every day. What? Oh, come on. If y'all don't know that, you don't know Charlie Pride. I'm just me. <laughs> That's his song. You know, today and every day, I, I'm just me. And you know, in contentment, we find the ability, the freedom to say, I am me. I'm who God created me to be. You see, abundance is found when we're free to say, hey, this is just me. We don't have to put up a facade that others think we're something we're not. We don't have to go out and try to prove or be something we're not. Just to say, hey, I am who I am and I'm who God created me to be. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus calls us and, and God saves us to, to form us into His like, His likeness, into His image. He, he changes. He, he, he makes things where we need to bend and twist. And, and just like that potter takes a, a lump of clay and he begins to mold it into some type of vessel, Christ wants to do that for us. But listen, he created you who you are. Warts and all. I mean, we don't have to change anything about our appearance, anything about who we are, but we're free to say, I am who I am. Paul said in Philippians 1, 6, For I am confident to this very thing, that He, Christ Jesus, God the Father, who began a good work in me, he's it's perfect and he's going to complete it until the day of Christ. In other words, Christ has made us and he it tells us in in the Old Testament he formed us. He saw our bodies before we were born and he he formed us into what he wanted us to be. And and when we can come to that point of having peace with that and being content and then saying, "You know what? This is just who I am." This is who I am. Now, I'm not saying uh, if, if you're a, a rude person and you, you're hateful, everybody not to say, well, that's just the way I am. You know, well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying be, be who you are. Be who God created you to be and, and find peace and find contentment and be you. Just be real. Don Kale, this is where I want to close. He, he was serving in a church in Pennsylvania. He, he's a pharmacist and he says, just recently I sat down with a district manager for CVS Pharmacy. He offered me a six figure salary plus benefits to come work for CVS full time. The truth is I wasn't even tempted. You see, God didn't make me to be a pharmacist. I jokingly told one of my techs one day at the store that I had decided to leave the ministry and return to pharmacy, and she laughed at me. You see, she worked with me long enough to know that I'd never even consider it. You see, God made me to serve Him in ministry. Anything less for me would be a waste. I could make more money, but I would be in bondage to something less than I was made to be. When Jesus saw Andrew and Peter tending their nets, he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. 
And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. You see, God didn't make them to be fishermen of fish, but fishermen of men. And we find in their lives, they found contentment. They found joy. They, they found peace in following Christ. See, God had created them to be His follower. For us, for us to find true contentment, for us to really understand what this abundant life, one step of that is to being peace and being at peace and being content. And lastly, to be who we are. Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. We began this whole series with these questions. Who am I? What am I? Where am I? And what do I really want? Let's pray together. Father, Lord, this morning, I pray as we think about that angle of contentment, we think about that angle of abundant life that that maybe the world doesn't think about and the world doesn't see. I pray, Lord, that we would know that you bless us with material blessings beyond measure. If we simply sat down and thought about and looked around, we'd realize that we are truly blessed. But Father, I pray that, that we would know that abundance life is not only in quantity, but you give us abundance life in quality too. And Father, that we would know that quality of having peace that quality of having contentment and that freedom of being me, Father, in that we can find an abundance in you. We can find joy. We can find rest. We can find freedom that only can be experienced through the abundant life that you offer. Father, I pray this morning that we would know from your word, your desire is that you have come that none would perish, but all would have eternal life. That's your desire for each of us. And then, Father, once we accept you as that personal Savior, once we've accepted you as, as the forgiver of our sins, as the one who comes and takes our pay, place and, and pays that price, then, Father, at that point, we begin the abundant life. Lord, I pray that we'd know that we can take ourselves out of it by running after and chasing after things. But, Father... When you direct our steps, when we follow you, in you we find fulfillment. In you we find joy. Lord, I pray this morning that as we think about your word, I pray again that your word would be true in our hearts. That your word would be something that we could build our life upon. And today your word would be something we could leave here filled with your joy. And I pray this in Jesus' name.